If you're still on the hunt for a sports book to call home, bet the nonstop action of March Madness with my bookie. Enter bracket contests for a chance to take home prizes of up to $25,000 or pick from a huge selection of straight bets, props, and odds boosts. Whatever your style, MyBookie makes it easy to play your way and get paid. Sign up now and take advantage of our generous welcome offer to score a massive first deposit bonus of up to $1,000. All you have to do is claim promo code MADNESS50. But the fun doesn't stop there. Get up to the minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on. The best part about MyBookie? You can bet on anything, anytime, from anywhere. Use promo code MADNESS50, that's MADNESS50, to secure your limited-time welcome bonus today. You're listening to the Utah Man Podcast, for fans by fans. Your number one Utah Utes podcast. Now your hosts, Cameron, Ryan, and Scott. Welcome on into the Utah Man Podcast, part of Torn by Sports Podcasting Network. I'm Cameron. We got Ryan. Happy New Year, Ute Nation. And Scott. How we doing? We are doing great. It's been a while since I've seen you guys. Scott has a full-on Eric Weddle beard. <laughs> the Chargers also told me no. <laughs> and we're going to treat you like the Chargers treat Weddle, right, Ryan? You're going to be fined $10,000 for showing up looking like that. So it's been a while since we've gotten together and we have some exciting news we have a new sponsor for the podcast Uh, we partnered up with the double tree suites by hilton in salt lake city downtown and they're a great hotel i had a family party there uh for christmas it was nice catered it was it was awesome they have great rooms they have an awesome restaurant an awesome bar uh, we're really looking forward to the partnership with them. You know, we're going to be able to do some giveaways, some discounts on rooms, on food, and we're going to have watch parties uh, down in their restaurant, their bar area. So stay tuned for more announcements on that. But you can always check them out. They're on 110 West, 600 South. Uh, that's downtown Salt Lake. And their phone number is 801 801- Three five nine seven eight zero zero, and they have great warm chocolate chip cookies. Chocolate chips, the best. Yeah, come and join us. We'll share a room together. You can share a room with Scott. <laughs> I'll get my own. Hope well, I hope you don't mind my their beard. Their suites are are big enough that you can share a room with Scott and not even know he's in there. Scott gets the pullout sofa. <laughs> I get the king. So we're really excited about this new partnership with Double Tree by Hilton. So be sure to check them out, and you know Blake will take care of you. Anything you need as far as rooms or food, he'll take care of you. Our second big announcement is thank you to all the listeners out there. We were awarded the number one podcast of the Dalai Lama Awards. Woohoo! So big shout out to all you listeners out there. Thank you, thank you. Very much appreciative. So that kind of takes care of the housekeeping. So Utah comes away with a seven-point win over BYU in the Las Vegas Bowl. It wasn't pretty. Offense That's was an understatement. Well, offense let, let, was let's, bad. Let's hear strict, directly from Kyle how this game went. It was a little bit ridiculous on our part, I'll tell you that. To go out 35 nothing and have it end like this, uh, shouldn't have been that way. Credit them for hanging in there, never giving up, uh, continuing to fight. And uh, we got some we got some things to fix with our offense, there's no doubt about that. You just noticed? 
Yahoo! We've been it's taken five years, but he's he now noticed. It's it's interesting if if you really look at it over the course of the season, it seemed like he was harping more on the offense each week. And then in this bowl game, that was probably the most emotion we've seen out of Winningham talking about this offense and the problems. Well, if he would without going into detail, if he would have listened to our podcast, he would have known there was an issue two years ago. <laughs> Whatever you were sizing up, Travis Wilson for a jacket all year long. You know what? Because I'm one of the few that have had his back, supported Travis, and even by the end of that game, I was done. The parade was canceled. I had officially what? <laughs> it was canceled a long time. Ago. I had officially sent an email to the mayor. The green jacket was put on hold. Travis, I love you, man. Enjoy California. I didn't think Travis was that bad in the game. What? Are you serious? I'm being dead serious. He was awful. He had no time. S- under to, 70 he had, yards. He had no time to throw. I'll give BYU full credit. Their front seven is very good. The rest of their team is kind of questionable, but their front seven's very good. Very good. He Were had, they very good against San Jose State? Were they very good against San Cincinnati? And, uh, we're not going to talk about the team down south there because uh, we don't need to credit, give them too much credit. But they you were all. Okay, I will. I will tell you this. Strike it from the record. All I'm saying. I, I heart. All I'm saying. I is heart Tanner Bingham. Is I need to give credit where credit is due. They pressure. They had a lot of good pressure on Wilson throughout the entire game. Wilson was doing the best he could do with what he was working with. All right, you're you're now the committee that head chair of the Travis Wilson parade. <laughs> Here's the thing: our offensive line wasn't as good as they should have been this year, but they gave Travis more time to throw this year than he did last year, and he was not any better this season. He was pretty good the first month of the season. The other three and a half. Before we got got to (laughs) Pac-12 play. I mean, he's done that his whole career. When we play non-P5 schools, he does pretty well. We gets into Pac-12 play, he goes into hiding. You know, Travis. But see, this is my argument, though. Is it? I think it has to do with more of the talent around him than him himself. Oh, well, for sure, does. Look, I mean, look at their wide receiving core. They had to move Corey Butler Bird back to offense, and he didn't even get to finish the he whole game. He spent more time in the locker room than he did on the field. Very true. You have Kenneth Scott, who was a hundred percent. You have Britton Covey, who was a hundred percent. He had no one to throw to. What are you talking about? handsome Harrison Hanley. The receiving core left something to be desired, but but I still say that with a better quarterback, you hit some of those guys. Look, Travis is done. What What's done is done. And he gave it his all. His all, unfortunately, just wasn't what it needed to be. I wish him nothing but success in his surfing in his uh, whatever endeavors he chooses to do moving forward, but we got to figure something out. Like Kyle says, we got to make some changes. One change that has been made was Mister Stubber- Stubblefield was shown the door. I think that's a good move. Are we even surprised by this? I mean, I, I know he lost his job, and I'm not trying to make light of that. But Ryan, you and I were talking 
four days before this was even announced, and we both said Stubblefield's probably not coming back. Well, con- considering he's had he's coached wide receivers at seven universities in an eight-year period of time. I mean he he's right on he's right on cue with our OCs. <laughs> I mean uh, that should have been a red flag to begin with, but he was a Christensen hire, so we never should have trusted it in the first place. But he just wasn't getting the job done. I don't know. I don't know why. Um, and, and and I don't. All the blame does not go on him. Travis is to blame for some of it. Wide receivers are the, are to blame for some of it. A lack of talent which goes to probably all of the coaches and recruiting and Whittingham in general. Um, our, our, In my opinion, our whole offensive culture needs to be shot, burned, and start start over. No, I think you make a great point that it wasn't just Stubblefield. Everyone kind of had a hand in the lack of offense. As much as I want to sit here and say that Travis Wilson did the best he could with what he had with, one thing you wish a four-year starter can do is elevate people around him. You bet. Which, which Travis couldn't do. And, and so when I think when you look at it and you're trying to figure out where the problems are, where the issues are, and again, I know he lost his job. I'm not trying to pile on him. But Stubblefield hasn't brought things to the table that other people are. Well, He lacks in recruiting and he's lacking in developing players. I mean, if you look at every offensive group, Offensive linemen, quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers. Our poorest group is the wide receivers. At, at any point in this game, in this season, did our wide receivers wow you? No, no. But there were times offensive line did, running backs did, and even Travis did. Now they were all inconsistent to an extent outside of the running backs. They were pretty consistent throughout the year. Well, I would say that. But wide receivers Cubby was biggest drain. Played some outstanding ball at times, but that's—I don't think that has to do with coaching. I think that's because he's. I, I think he's because he's a playmaker. Yeah, we don't have enough of them. No, and you, and you notice, and we're season, swinging and missing on others bringing in. Well, you notice as the season went on, Cubby was really, uh, really good and getting a lot of catches and yards early on in the season when teams started to figure out how to take him out of the out of the game all they had to do was shut him down nobody else could make the plays well yeah because that's the focus the focus goes to him they're not worried about the other two, two or three wide receivers that can also make plays because they weren't making plays if you if you've got wide receivers and I love Kenneth Scott but you got him on one side, you got Tyrone Smith on the other side. Neither one of them demands double coverage. And they they couldn't get open in single coverage on a consistent basis. Now, uh, is that and there's no deep threat? No. I think a lot of it has to do with coaching and I think that's why Stubblefield's gone. Question is who are we going to get? I mean, there's some names being speculated out there, anywhere from Steve Smith. That'd be awesome. Don't think it's going to happen, though. <laughs> to Guy Holiday down at BYU. To, Sataki uh, won't let him get away <laughs> to, the, to Utah. There's no way that happens either. 
the head coach at uh, Hallandale High in Florida, who we just uh, got three recruits from, just all of a sudden resigned from his position. Who knows if that has anything to do with Utah or another another opportunity elsewhere, but you're not hearing a whole lot. You're not. Chip Kelly got fired today. That could be him, too. <laughs> but look at this. He just come in and trade our guys. <laughs> Whittingham likes to bring in guys he knows, right? I mean, I mean, look at it. Most of his hires are usually people in his circle. The Stubblefield. Does John Peace have any any old dudes from the retirement center we could bring in? No. Fo- okay, Maybe so follow Steve me Largent on this. Follow me this on on this. It has also been speculated all season long that Aaron Roderick wouldn't. Stay as OC, but move to wide receivers. That means opening up Which the I'm okay with quarterback he position. The position. He did. He did. Jordan Wynn was on the sidelines <sighs> for the Vegas Bowl. Don't go there. Dave Schramm is unemployed. I'd rather have. I'd, I'd rather say, have hey, Jordan hey, Wynn be I'm, our strength and conditioning coach. <laughs> I'm not. <What? laughs> I'm not saying that's who I want. I'm not saying that's who is going to get it. I'm just saying, look at Winningham's track record. He feels more comfortable bringing in his own people if, and his if own Jordan guys. Win, if Jordan, well, say okay, you're you're bringing up Jordan Win. I've also heard the name of uh, Matthews, Clay Matthews. Oh, not Clay Luke. Matthews. Luke. He played for us. Clay Matthews still playing <laughs> linebacker for the for the Packers. But good try, Luke Matthews. I'm all about. I love. Former Utes coming in and coaching and doing a good job. But only if they're qualified for the job and only if they bring enough to the table. Mitch, I mean, Luke Matthews, Jordan Wynn, those guys don't don't have enough experience to be a Pac-12 level coach, nor do they have any recruiting ties at this point to help us. Okay, no. We have Paris Warren on coaching staff right now. Still. same Same thing. Still same thing to me. We need – how long are we going to continue to make budget hires? As long as Chris Hill's the AD? Well, here's the thing. Boom, boom, I, I I agree with you that Whittingham likes to hire within his circle. But if he continues to do that, he's going to contradict that statement you just ran of him, how the offense needs to get better. Well, don't get me wrong. I, I don't agree with that method at all. I hope it's not Dave Schramm. I hope it's not Jordan. Dave Schramm. And, and, and this is still speculating. You know, A-Rod's going to wide receivers, then coming in a, as a quarterback coach. I, I'm not saying I agree with it. I'm just saying I don't think I'd be surprised if it's something like that. Now, if you're going to go that route, you're going to have some inexperience at the coaching level. But if you're going to go that route, go with Kevin Dyson. He's at least a name who people know that played in the NFL. Okay. I don't Here, I don't think that's a great hire. I don't I'm not saying that I think it's a great hire, mm-hmm. but if you're going to go within the Utah family within Kyle's circle, it's better than Luke Matthews, it's better than Jordan Wynn. Teams all around the country, they go pick out they go pick off guys from successful programs and bring them to their program. Now, granted, I know we're not hiring OC. We're only hiring either a quarterback or a wide receiver coach. But teams that go out and do this, they bring in successful guys that can not only coach but can recruit. 
And it seems to be, it seems to me that we're always bringing in guys that can either coach and have to learn how to recruit, or maybe can recruit and have to learn how to coach. We're not in the Mountain West anymore. At some point, we've got to, we've got to get guys that are qualified in both recruiting, make some changes. And I'm sorry, bringing in just a former guy is not going to get the job done. And I, I hate being so pessimistic. I'm so sick of this offense. They've got to do some changes. They got to make the right changes and actually so show that they're going to make a commitment to fix this thing. This might be wishful thinking on my part, but the first our first 5 years in the league, I think Whittingham's focus to get to the Pac-12 standard or Pac-12 level athletes and be able to compete, his focus has been building up that defense to be able to stay in games and compete. I think the defense is at a point right now where it obviously can do that. It, it now is. It needs, we, the focus needs to do that with the offense. We finished first or second every major statistic defensively in the conference. We're there defensively. So now you just have we, to maintain we won, that. We won 10 games with a crap offense. Just maintain that and now put the focus on the offense. Get the right coaches in there. Recruit the right players. And you're going to have a heck of a program if you do that. Well, and it seems like they are. I mean, I mean, let, let's let's start giving some credit because obviously Whittingham's addressing no, this. No, I'm not giving any credit I will to the offense. Credit. None. <laughs> For what they're planning on doing in the future. Tyler Huntley. They have William, uh, <laughs> Troy Williams coming in. No, I, There's so much hype around Troy Williams. I hope he doesn't fall on his face. <laughs> People are comparing him to Cam Newton, I swear. <laughs> We never learned. But hey, but when was the last time that we had a high-profile offensive player coming in? Terrence Kane. <laughs> Other than my boy, Thompson, transferring from Oklahoma. He was more successful <laughs> off the field than on the field, if you know what I mean. Wait, the last successful... Offensive player that came into the program? That came into the program. That had any sort of hype around him? Brian Johnson? Well, he didn't have any hype. Chase Hansen is probably your your best guy who, who brought in locally. hype. Locally. I'm saying no, locally, nationally. Who else have you brought in that came with hype? Booker See, didn't come that, with hype. That's why I'm saying I'm, I'm giving them credit because oh, they yeah. are seeing these problems. And I don't know if a stub is filled with a scapegoat or whatnot, if, if that's an area that need to be fixed. Having multiple OCs isn't a good culture. I think that's the biggest thing is defense or excuse me, offensively, their culture isn't very good. No, it's not. But to 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 your point, what has kind of driven cr- me crazy in the past is one year we recruit a pro, a pro style quarterback, the next year a spread. We just have alternated, and we have this quarterback group that everybody has different strengths. They're not plug-and-play. I mean, you look at Baylor. You look at some of these offensive teams who are, they can lose a quarterback. The guy, the next guy steps in, and he can run it. We lose a guy. we got to change our offense to fit around his strengths. Whereas I think finally we're to the point with Williams, with Huntley, with Cox, Maybe even Chase Hansen, depending and if Manning, the, Manning all, leaving the program. Yeah, Manning leaving the program. The they're all spread guys. They all have the ability to run, but they all, at least from what we're able to see and hear at this point, 
they all have the ability to throw. Sweeney uh, reported on Twitter. He spoke with the coach after the bowl game, and their their direction, their desire moving forward is they want to throw the ball, which we didn't see a whole lot of this year. Whether that was they didn't trust Wilson, whether he just didn't have the capability, whatever the breakdown is, I think it's a little bit of both. He, they obviously don't trust it. They didn't even trust him to call audibles last <coughs> year. They didn't throw a lot this year. So yeah, no, I I. I I'm optimistic there'll be change because I don't think it can get a whole lot worse than what it was this final month of the season. But uh, you're also losing Booker, which he's he's an every down type of back. I don't know that Joe Williams is can is that type of back that's going to last a whole nope. season. Call me crazy. Here's my theory. Okay, losing Booker is a good thing because it forces the offense to mature. Because we were so, it seemed to me, now granted I could be way off on this, but it's just my theory. We focused our offense, we designed our offense around Booker. Him running the ball, him catching the ball out of the backfield. And kind of limited Wilson. We focused everything on Booker. And with him, and with healthy wide receivers, we were we were a, a pretty decent at offense. As soon as we lost Booker... We were awful. And then especially you start getting some injuries um, at the wideout position, and, you know, it was a disaster. Without Booker, it's going to force our offense to not game plan around one person or one position. I think it's going to help us spread the things out, still run the ball with Williams, still run the ball with McCormick. But you're going to see, you know, you're. I think you're going to see, at least I'm hoping, I'm optimistic, we're going to see spread the ball around, Mix mix in instead of just hand off, run the ball up the middle. We're gonna see we're gonna see just kind of a more diverse offense since we can't focus on one person well, anymore. And it's important that you're able to do that because if the focus is on one guy, which we saw, I mean Booker's good enough that in a lot of games he got his yards, but you could tell game after game the defense was focused on stopping him. And when they were able to do that, they were able to slow down our offense because nobody else could contribute. If you're able to to involve two or three wide receivers, a tight end, and a running back, then they've got to defend the whole field. And the one game we did that very well, the Oregon game. Mm-hmm. And and you look what the I don't even was think I, did the doing. Oregon game really happen? <laughs> really, we're like BYU fans. All we can do is talk about the past, right? <laughs> So we have to talk about the Oregon game because that's the only game that we have something to be proud of an offense for. That was such an anomaly. What a weird game. It was so fun to watch, and then we were so hopeful that that would continue. <laughs> we never saw it again. We looked a little Oregon-esque in that first quarter of the bowl game, though. Scoring at will. Pick sixes coming out of the yin-yang. That was a, that was a great first quarter. Agonizing three quarters and after the that. the second quarter happened. And the third. <laughs> and the fourth. Who's uh, your way too early starters on offense next year? Well, I think uh, um, Latui's going to probably be your starting center. Um, if Garrett Bowles, who is a five-star top offensive lineman in the JUCO ranks, commits to Utah, like everybody speculating is going to happen, instantly he'll be your left tackle. Um, 
and he's a legit left tackle from everything that I'm reading. We've kind of been putting guards and using other guys that aren't legitimate tackles in those positions, so that should help immediately. Obviously, I don't. I think Huntley's probably going to come in in redshirt unless he blows everybody's skirt. So I, I would I would suspect that William Troy Williams is your quarterback. Uh, McCormick and uh, Joe Williams share the backfield. Uh, At wideout, well, your guess is as good as mine. You really think that McCormick shares the backfield? I think he's got to play the role that Cubby played this year. In the oh, slot. I think he will, but I, but I think he's I think he'll play running back too. I I, I think we see him and I think we see him kind of in a Brent Castile type role, where he's in the slot, he's in the backfield. He'll probably replace Bubba Pool and say something they want to do with Bubba Pool this year. Just run those countless, pointless swings, flares to the sideline. How about uh, wide receiver? (coughs) Tyrone Smith maintained on one side and Tim Patrick on the other, or you got other guys? So we have coming in uh, uh, 6'4", Alec Dana, I believe. I don't have it in front of me. You know, I think he's going to probably have a shot at at uh, at wide receiver. I think Tyrone Smith is for sure going to be in the mix, just because I don't think we have a lot of depth. You know, is, is but you're going to have Coc Wilson who registered this year. Is Tim Patrick a head case after that injury. Well, or if is... if he gets granted, he's got to be granted a fifth year before he, well, that's, that's even in the discussion that he's coming back. I what, think whatever happened to uh, Singleton. I didn't see him much after he got laid out in yeah, the UCLA he, game. He he seems to be injury prone, unfortunately. I think we see Corey Butler Bird at wide receiver next year. And we also have folks. Too. I, I think a lot of that has to do with being thin at that position and having a lot of depth at corner. And I kind of think a more natural position for him is wide receiver. Yeah. He's that, got tremendous that might be a speed. Good option. He's got great hands. We need the speed for sure. Did you did you see I know uh, I know for a fact that during bowl preparations he did not take one snap on defense for practice. I, I have it on good authority he only took about three snaps offensively in the game. Oh. <laughs> but uh, did you see the, the tweet today by Kyle Folks during the Baylor game, no. which is where he originally played? He said he tweeted, I love how Baylor takes advantage of their athletes. Rib shot. Sing. A little frustration there, it sounds like. So as you listeners know, we pick conference games throughout the year. Scott got lucky. And he won his overall record twenty seven and nine. Ryan twenty six and ten. And I came in third place with a respectable twenty three and thirteen. <laughs> we'll be till I die kayak. No, congratulations, Scott, for writing our coattails all season and then just getting lucky on a few games. I, I need to take like you to BYU Vegas. Fans. You're, you're Let me one. guess. I'm the winner on the scoreboard, but you guys won three quarters, so you think you won, huh? Really, I think I came away being more knowledgeable in my picks, so I am the winner. Thank you, Cougar Board. Start calling you Derek Stevenson. So yeah, so that will do it for football talk for this season. I know with the with the high at least one coaching hire, we'll have more to talk about. And you know, that's the great thing about Utah football getting to the level where it is, is it's a it's a twelve month sport now. <coughs> so basketball season's now in full swing. Uh Pac twelve play opens up. 
I really like where this offense is going. You can really see that Pirtle is a main focus of the offense, and he's taking full advantage of that. He's almost making a leap from last year to this year, much like Andrew Bogut did. Not saying he's going to be a, a first pick overall, but I think he's really elevated his game, and the youths are pretty dang good. Number 21 in the country going into conference play. It's not a bad place to be. Well, and and that I'll, win over Duke was huge. Yeah, I mean, 11-2. and two. And uh, I think, you know, we've got some momentum. As you said, Pirtle, the strides that he's made from year one to year two, I mean, he's so effective around the basket, both offensively, defensively. He's better. His positioning is better, so he's not getting those ticky-tack reach fouls that got him in foul trouble last year. That is so critical this year because we don't have a backup. That's worth much what? behind him. Chris Reyes isn't any good? Don't you dare say that. But I think you're right, Scott. That's, Did I you mean, see that brick layup he threw Duke. up? The Duke. <laughs> that thing oh, bounced to the free throw line. It was so hard. It bounced to the free throw line. I'm just like, dude, you don't need stop trying. It's not even coming to It's not even close. Well, Scott, you bring up a, a good point is that he has had some foul trouble this season and I think that's what needs to kind of for him to make this next step during conference play is to keep that defensive intensity that he has without fouling well and he's yeah he's been much better and I'm not saying he's made bad fouls it's not you know like the reaching's like what you're talking about going after shots trying to block but that's his next step in elevating his game is playing defense without fouling the team can be the team has a lot of potential I think if Pirtle keeps playing the way he does and improving, and as, and if if Brandon Taylor gets back to the type of shooter he was last year, he's had a rough start to the season as far as his outside shooting. Well, and and the key with Taylor is he's even though he's the size of a small point guard, he's not a point guard. He's a two guard. He's What's not. A, he's not a great ball handler. And which I think they've started to transition him back into that role with. With uh, Bonham coming, well, running the- because Bonham is finally coming into his own and 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 starting to kind of play at the level that we need from him at the point guard position, which is which is now starting to allow Taylor to get back into the role that he played. He's played his whole career. He he he's not great with the ball in his hands. He's great coming off screens and hitting open jumpers. And Bonham Bonham's a stud. He is. He's going to be good. Bonham's got kind of the the game of Collinsworth down at BYU, which he's got great size. His defense is improving. He can rebound. He can pass. He can shoot. I mean, he's a better shooter than DeLon at this point. So, you know, he's coming along. And, uh, I mean, Loveridge is he's shooting the rock great right now. And, uh, I mean, really across the board – the depth that we have, Casey Jacobson, who's been calling a lot of the games lately, he's, he he said, we don't necessarily have the overall talent that Arizona and UCLA have, but we have by far the best depth in the league. And, I mean, you go from Dakari Tucker, Gabe Beeler, who last year we thought we'd be relying on to play so many minutes at the small forward position. He can't even get on the court. And and Ogby isn't even playing. Which is it's too bad because he's so good. I wish he could stay healthy. If he can, I think that's going to be the wild card for this team because I think we got a chance to make a deep run 
if we can keep guys healthy and if and Ogby is really that wild card because he's he's by far our best perimeter def- defender and he's a great shooter and uh, so he's he's really solid on both ends of the floor. Thing that I think is going to be interesting to see is Jace Johnson, who uh, um, just joined the program, big time seven footer. Question is, are they going to redshirt him, or are they going to put him in to play immediately? Because if he plays, I think immediately he he jumps over Reyes for for getting minutes uh, backing up Pirtle. But I think, uh, yeah, we've really got an opportunity, I think, to make a run. Because if you look at the conference, there's not Arizona's not what they've been. UCLA's got a lot of talent, but they've always kind of been up and down with all the talent that they have. And their coach. The hard part is I think the, the conference as a whole has gotten so much deeper and so much better that you don't have three teams at the top and then just a bunch of bottom feeders. I think you've got a pretty pretty uh, strong conference from top to bottom. I mean, USC, who was just a guaranteed W the last couple of years, they're 11-2 and two on the season, same record as Utes. So, uh, and Oregon State, they improved a lot last year, and they've got some big recruits coming in. Uh, I think they're going to be pretty tough. So, it'll uh, it, it'll be interesting but i think we got a real shot to to win this win the conference this year that's a great point sky you know the the pac12 is a, a great league in basketball it's always been known for football and all the basketball is really coming together uh, it's going to be a fun season well it has been fun so far but now as conference play starts it's it's going to be fun uh again you know we're going to have a party uh with the double tree suites in salt lake city downtown uh, probably later on during tournament time, but we'll, we'll keep you posted on details and and giveaways and whatnot. So we're really excited about that partnership with them. Uh, Ryan, where can people find you on Twitter? At Drum and Feather. That's Drum, the letter N, Feather. Scott? You can hit me up at Uteman underscore forever. That's Uteman underscore forever. And you can catch me and this podcast on Twitter at Utah Man Podcast, as well as Facebook and Instagram. Download it on iTunes and Stitcher. And you can always check us out on our home on tornbysports.com. And go Utes. Go Utes. We'll be telling I really feel sorry for, for my Mormon friends at BYU. You know, they don't drink. <laughs> you know, this game would drive you to it. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are their own and are no way affiliated with the University of Utah. There went Mr. Stubblefield out on the porch. In came Steve Smith with his Hall of Fame approach. Running the deep slant and post-corner routes, we became fierce offensively and really stout. (laughs) Put that on YouTube with the next to that BYU father son song. Oh, that was awful. I think what I just sang was pretty awful too. But seriously, who does that? Like, who gets their son and goes, "Hey, son, I got this really good idea." Well, I I wrote this cheesy song last night on YouTube. Well, obviously, we're gonna be happy faces.